All right, today I've got an interesting uh, a new type of um, guest. I've got Hanman Vivia. Um, hope I didn't butcher your surname there, but uh, welcome to Mastercast. I'm very uh, curious cool. to hear <laughs> your story. Oh, cool, man. Thanks for having me. I've, um, I appreciate being here. Thank you very cool. much. Cool, man. So can you just quickly give uh, a, a quick quick rundown who Hanman is, um, kind of what you do at the moment and how you got there? <laughs> um well in in terms of what's what's relevant i think what i'm busy with at the moment is um uh i've been i've been writing for bitcoin magazine for about a year um started writing for them sort of towards the end of last year beginning of this year mm -hmm. um through through that became involved in uh, in in the local sort of bitcoin community um i've obviously been following what's happening in el salvador with uh, the adoption of this legal tender there and so on um, mm. and where it started with with bitcoin beach um and the idea came to me to to do something similar with an npo that we've been running for the last 10 years or so Mm -hmm. uh, so my wife and I started an NPO. Sure, it's been yeah, it's been a, a little over ten years. Um, started in two thousand ten. What um, is it that you guys do? Nothing, nothing. Uh, organizations called the Surf Kids. Mm -hmm. So we we teach kids from a local township surfing as a way of uh, of teaching commitment. Um, okay. The idea being that it's you know it's obviously really difficult to learn surfing and. <laughs> If, if they stick around, uh, they'll learn to do it. They're not going to learn to do it in a couple of months or even mm. a year. It normally takes about three to four years. Wow. Um, and yeah, so we've got, we've, we've got about 40 kids. Uh, they serve five days a week. We've got a couple of coaches who work for the NPO. Um, that's, that's been sort of going along and, you know, it's, it's doing all right. It's, it's, it's doing, doing well. And, um, after after writing a couple of articles for for Bitcoin magazine and, and getting more comfortable with the with the Bitcoin space, I've been I've been following what's happening in Bitcoin since early 2014. Oh but wow! I was never really vocal. I've, I've, I was I was never really vocal about it or anything. I just I just you know read as much as I could and mm. um, yeah and kind of just kept up to date, but never never really vocal about it. And after after I did, started doing some writing about Bitcoin, I, I, yeah, I just thought like this would be a really cool idea. I mean, why not try and replicate what Bitcoin Beach did in El Salvador and try and start a little circular Bitcoin economy um, in, in the township? I mean, we've, we've already got a foothold in the township. We've already mm. got the trust of the community. We've already got the coaches working in the community. Uh, we've already got, you know, the kids and their families um, on board with the program. Mm -hmm. So we can use that as a platform to to replicate what what Bitcoin Beach did, and so we've we've been kind of uh, trial running it. One could say for the last three months. I think we started in late August. We started paying a portion of our coaches' salaries um, in Bitcoin. Not, not not a very large amount, but um, you know every every week we pay them like an extra two hundred or three hundred rand in Bitcoin and started going around to the local spaza shops you know the shops that they run mm -hmm. out of containers yeah um, um those guys are obviously completely cash-based no bank accounts nothing mm -hmm. nothing of mm -hmm. the sort yeah you know um the typical typical corner shop in the township 
and um, we've got three of them on board so far. Um, they're accepting uh, Bitcoin via the Lightning Network from our coaches, and our coaches have been buying about any, anywhere between 300 and 500 rand of groceries per week uh, using Bitcoin um, for the last, say, about three months. That's insane. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it in a, in, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. That's um, quite a great uh, summary yeah. of things, actually. But uh, I can ask quite a few questions. I mean, one of the first things that I'm, that I'm wondering, just hearing that, is how did you um, convince the Spaza shops to agree to accept Bitcoin? Um, so many people are so speculative. And, and I would imagine that in the townships, the, the understanding of Bitcoin is still very, very low or unknown. Yeah, non-existent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think really, I mean, um, I, I wasn't the one who actually convinced the shop owners. It's it's our coaches, the, the, mm. the coaches that work for us. So so I've been I've been training the coaches and I've been working with them and I've been um, educating them about Bitcoin and how it works. And um, and they were the ones who then went into the township and started started talking to the shop owners and sort of discussing it with them and i think i think the sort of the penny dropped when the, when the shop owners saw that they could convert it back to south african rand relatively easily okay. um so it, it was a bit of a, a a bit of a roundabout effort um because like i said you know most of them don't have bank accounts but there is mm. one shop owner who does have a bank account okay and we connected um, a, a, a valor account to to his bank account and then you know converted it back to rands and as soon as he saw that look this this thing is legit it's actually you know it's, it's not mm. some weird scam or anything i think i think then they became quite enthusiastic about it because i think at the end of the day cash is cash is not actually ideal from from many 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 standpoints you know it's it's, mm. it's, it's a security concern um it's always a struggle with change you know mm. um it's 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 kind of you know it's it's fake currency being circulated it's it, it, it's a bit of a concern actually you know because <laughs> sometimes things we don't worry about but yeah um but being 100 percent cash-based has its benefits for them but i think you know moving over to something electronic actually made made quite a bit of sense as soon as they realized and obviously they saw how easy it is and mm -hmm. how fast it is i mean you mm. open a wallet download a wallet open it and five minutes later there you go it's it's, mm. it's not like it's not like going to the bank and trying to open an account you know yeah um but you yeah. so they, they 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 need a bank account in other words in order to 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 fit into this ecosystem though so i know a lot of them are unbanked um so so yeah. how do you what do you do with that if 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 they if they don't have a bank account and you see you've got three to four shops do they have to go they obviously have to go open a bank account and then open a valar or whatever it is account in order to to fit into your ecosystem um so far we've we've got the one shop owner who's got the bank account and mm -hmm. he's been converting some of his sats um back to rands mm -hmm. um two of two of the other guys i mean look because it's there's nobody else spending bitcoin at their shops yet um mm. it, it's only our coaches and between the three or four shops they're splitting 300 to 500 rand between 
between those shops. So, so one of those shops might only get a hundred to two hundred rand a week in Bitcoin. And okay. so so far they've been hodling onto it, you know. So okay. far, I was about so to ask. far they've been yeah, so far they've 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 been holding on to it. And seeing as we're in a bull market, um they've they've been quite excited to see that you know they they they're actually yeah the value of their money <laughs> has increased somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um I think the average I think that I, I haven't checked I haven't checked yet today, but I think the average price at which our um, coaches have been spending the SAS mm-hmm. so far is somewhere around eight hundred thousand rand per Bitcoin, and we 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 currently just above that. Mm. So so they sort of in the green um, still, even though we've had quite a few ups and downs mm-hmm. um, in in the price over the last three months. It's been mm. it's been a bit of a bit of a wild ride. <laughs> As it is with um, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies. As, as it is with Bitcoin, yeah. Um, we, they've also been using um, uh, BitRefill, which is an app that you can use to, to buy. BitRefill lets you buy uh, airtime um, straight from your phone using, using cryptocurrency. Okay. Uh, so that's been quite handy. Um, so it's, it's very small. It's very, it's very early days, you know, we've, Mm. We've, we've really only all in all if you if, if you sum up everything that's been spent at the shops mm. um it's been just under four thousand rand uh over okay. the last three months so it, it's not it's it's not like there's a massive amount that's been that's mm. been spent but i i do think i do think the next step that we want to take is um obviously try to get more shops on board there's there's a total of 13 13 or 14 shops in the township in total mm-hmm. uh, we've spoken to about half of them um, most of them are pretty keen so we would like to get more shops on board but then also mm-hmm. reach out to some of the reach out to some of the local um, locals in the township and there are obviously people in the township who are working um, you know unemployment is a massive issue but for those people who are working um, you know Bitcoin Bitcoin is something that for the first time, um, somebody who can only afford to save a hundred rand a month can invest his money rather than save it in a melting ice cube, which is fiat mm. currency. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, so it's 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 kind of that's that's sort of where we want to go. And then the idea, you know, it could be far fetched. I don't know. Yeah, um, I was about to ask, to what is your vision? Even... <laughs> what what would the vision well, be of of Bitcoin ecosy? Uh, I, I think I think just to try and ultimately I think the vision is is I mean look I, I believe I believe Bitcoin can 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 do a lot for mankind um, mm. for humankind I should I should say um, because for the first time here we have something that treats everybody the same regardless of who you are mm. you know it's it's whether whether you're a billionaire or a a gardener you you play by the same rules um mm. and nobody nobody is given preferential treatment because of their social or economic status and it, it levels the playing field and there's nobody or no one that can that can change that and and that that is a massive massive um opportunity for for society to to sort of level itself out in a more fair fair way i think um mm. So I, I think I think Bitcoin has has a lot of promise, but that being said, it's got a it's got a huge it, it's it's got a long way to go. So I think really mm. what we're trying to do is is illustrate that 
you know, there's a lot of skepticism surrounding what it can and cannot do. And I think what Bitcoin Beach did was to mm. illustrate that, look, actually, this is quite possible. There's no so reason Tell me about Bitcoin Beach. I, I don't understand who they are, what they did. You said they're in El Salvador. We know that they, they, they're doing a lot in the Bitcoin cities around the corner. Um, but what did Bitcoin yeah. Beach do? What is, what is their whole mantra? Um, Bitcoin Beach, Bitcoin Beach. I mean, basically, we're just copying Bitcoin Beach at the end of the day. And they, Bitcoin Beach was started by uh, an American expat, a guy, guy named Michael Peterson. Okay. Um, he, was, he, was, he was living, living in between California and, and El Salvador. And he had some community projects uh, based in El Salvador. And he was introduced to a donor one day who donated a substantial amount of money in bitcoin um but with a catch and and the catch was that he had to use it as bitcoin he couldn't convert the bitcoin back to fiat so um what he did was he he employed local youths uh gave a bunch of kids some jobs paid them in bitcoin and then onboarded some of the local shops in alzante uh, which is a little beach town mm -hmm. um i think it's just north of the capital Okay. Um, and he, he onboarded, I think they've got about, there, there was about 48 to 50 businesses in that little town, which they onboarded in the, in the space of about two years um, to accept Bitcoin as payment. And so they created this sort of like, yeah, circular economy where the kids were being paid in Bitcoin, the shops were accepting Bitcoin as payment, and then using that to buy stock and product and mm, mm. Um, i mean one thing led to another and and eventually the president of the country um came down there and said look this is amazing let's make bitcoin legal tender um and now they're mining bitcoin using volcanoes and all kinds of other <laughs> so crazy what, shit. are you telling me that bitcoin beach was the start of where we are with el salvador um i mean obviously i think a lot of things a, 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 a lot of things came together but but Bitcoin Beach was how, yeah, Bitcoin Beach was, was the catalyst. I mean, obviously, it took a very particular personality in, in, in the form of uh, Najib Bukele, the president. Mm -hmm. I, don't think, I don't think many presidents would have taken that step. Um, I think it's quite a risky move. Um, there has been a lot of criticism surrounding the way he's done it. You know, it's not all moonshine and buttercups. Um, so I think him being the person that he is, um, maybe a bit of a rock star type personality. Um, I think that obviously, you know, contributed a huge amount to it. But Bitcoin mm. Beach was the original catalyst mm. um, that sort of proved the point that, you know, Bitcoin is is not just a speculative uh, um, asset. It it is as the original um, mm. uh, as as Satoshi imagined it. Um, it is a currency for the internet age. Mm. um so i think yeah so so tell me you, you you say that um the the guys your coaches so obviously okay so you got the surf school right so these are guys are the coaches yeah. at the surf school um and yeah. you say that they're working on the they, they're using the lightning network can you just explain how they're using the lightning network it's 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 still something that's i'm still getting my head around how the lightning network works and how are you getting them, how are you incorporating them to use it in order to uh, use their Bitcoin in, in the townships? 
Okay. Um, yeah, I think, sure, that's, yeah, the Lightning Network um, uh, development of that started in 2015, late 2015, um, mm -hmm. as, as a scaling mechanism for Bitcoin. I think, I think most people by now have heard that Bitcoin itself is not actually particularly conducive to performing large amounts of transactions at a low cost. Mm -hmm. um, this is because the original vision of Bitcoin was not to be a currency that can handle large amounts of transactions at low cost, but to be a decentralized currency, mm -hmm. a currency that nobody can control. And mm -hmm. because it's decentralized, the, the bandwidth, so to speak, on the base chain has been kept um, low on purpose. Mm. Um, by keeping the bandwidth low, you make it easier to run full nodes at home. I mean, I've got three old computers standing behind me, which which are all running full nodes, and I'm doing it on old laptops that I can't do use. I can't do the, do anything else with them, but I can run a Bitcoin full node. So you don't need fancy hardware to run those full nodes, and that's because the base chain has been kept simple and small. So there's not a lot of functionality on the base chain as such. Mm. That so functionality those... has been pushed off onto. Sorry. Now, I was going to ask, what do those full nodes do? I think you were about to get into it. Uh, well, basically, the full nodes validate um, everything that happens on the blockchain. So every single transaction that comes in is checked um, mm -hmm. and stored on, on one of these full nodes. Okay. Um, so the more full nodes there are, the more resilient the network becomes. Ultimately, ultimately it's the full nodes that keep the miners in check. Um, the full nodes are the ones that enforce the rules. The miners are the ones who provide security to the network, but the miners can't break the rules and the miners don't enforce the rules. The full nodes enforce the rules. Okay. Um, so um, the Lightning Network was, was, was um, proposed as a second layer solution that's built on top of the base chain where smaller transactions can be pushed off onto. Mm. Um, you know, with the idea being that, look, Bitcoin on its base layer is going to give you a huge amount of security. If I pay somebody in Bitcoin and that transaction is recorded in a block on the blockchain, it's, it's about as secure a transaction as you can get. The settlement is final and you know, you, 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 you're going to have a hard time reversing that transaction, um, yeah. you know, trying to do a 51% attack against a network that uses the same electricity as a small country. Um, but you don't need that sort of security when you buy a cup of coffee. You know, mm. buying a cup of coffee, you don't you don't need that massive amount of security. Um, so so the Lightning Network is is for small transactions, anything up to like a hundred rand, um, maybe a little bit more. You know, up to like mm. two hundred rand or so. Okay. Um, at very 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 low cost, and the Lightning Network, basically, to put it in a in the, in the simplest way possible. Look, I'm not an expert. A little disclaimer mm. here: I'm definitely not a technical expert. No, but, it's fine. But, but, the, but the, the Lightning Network basically anchors a series of transactions to the blockchain itself, but it only records the first and the last transaction to the okay. blockchain. You, you can string together 10,000 transactions in between the first one and the last one. And not a single one of those transactions are actually recorded on the base chain. Only the first one and the last one. And the ones in between are all um attached to one another cryptographically mm. so mm. there's mm. there's there's no way to cheat the system it's still cryptographically secured it's just that you're not recording every single little tiny 
coffee purchase or buying efficient chips or whatever. You're not you're not sending all those transactions to, to the mm -hmm. base chain. You're lifting mm -hmm. them up onto a second layer. And so the throughput of the Lightning Network is is, is theoretically infinite. Um, you, you could have an infinite number of transactions running on the Lightning Network at, at very low cost. I mean, I sent, <laughs> I sent the payment of 10 cents um, to a buddy of mine in London the other day. Um, Why would you do that? He's, well, just to prove a point. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you can, and, and it, cost, it cost me one cent. The transaction itself, and it it, it is actually a, a a physical a physical settlement, just like mm. you would have. I mean, the private keys for that for that amount of Bitcoin was on my device, mm -hmm. and those um, those private keys were transferred to his device. So it's a physical settlement of value. It's not like mm. it's not like we're exchanging Facebook credits or something like that. Mm. You know, mm. um, it's it's two two different wallets, and mm. so yeah. So, so tell me, like. <laughs> From a South African point of view now, um, there's obviously, everyone knows of Bitcoin and they understand that there is this thing that exists, but there's a lot of question mark around it. There's a yeah. lot of unknowns. What do you think is going to be that final? I mean, we've obviously got the regulators. We've got a, a very like inquisitive SARS that's you know overlooking us and trying to regulate <laughs> yeah that's trying to regulate everyone's trying to figure out how they're going to do this so what are you, what in your opinion I mean obviously it's 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 knowledge um that is lacking in the country and the people and obviously in the townships even more but what do you think is the other challenges that we, we are faced with or what are what are the challenges you are seeing from from your surf school and from uh Bitcoin Ikasi like how are we going to move this forward what are your challenges um yeah i think i mean look i think people understanding what it is that they're dealing with um it's been a bit of a wild wild west yes. uh, in in the cryptocurrency world <laughs> there's been so many scams mm. uh, it's it's one of the things it's it's one of the things that i've been very sort of disappointed by to see but then again i mean that's human nature um mm. and if you're gonna have a permissionless a permissionless open system then that's the kind of thing you'd, you'd, you'd expect so mm. it's it's so sort of a double-edged sword in that way but i think i think the challenge is going to be i mean look i think i mean bitcoin was bitcoin was created because everything in the financial world and in the world of governance was not going well in 2008 we saw um banks being bailed out to the mm. tune of you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, mm. And so I think, I think ultimately, yes, I think education is, is, is going to be important, but human beings are creatures of necessity. Um, we change when it's necessary. And if it's not, we don't. Um, so nobody, nobody is going to adopt Bitcoin because it's cool and it's new and it's, you know, funky and, 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 and whatever people are going to adopt it if it's necessary. And if it's not, they won't. Mm. Um, well, that's so what you're trying think, to achieve. Eh? You're trying to make it functional, which which a lot of people are using yeah. the speculative side of it, saying, here's a way I can make a quick buck and not actually looking at the fundamentals <laughs> of what Bitcoin is trying to achieve, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we're, we're trying to come in on the, on the education side of things and maybe trying to get in earlier than... Because, you know, you... 
Yes, human beings change if it's necessary, but sometimes it's quite a chaotic process if you wait until number 99. Um, and I think ultimately what's going to drive people to a currency like Bitcoin is, you know, the fact that fiat currencies are, are melting ice cubes. You know, you, mm. um, in, in South Africa, in, in, in South Africa, we've had, and it, it's hard to believe, but, but over the last five years, there's been 24% inflation. Mm. Um, for everyday regular household goods, mm. you know? And the thing is, who are the people that are worst hit by that? It's not people who've got the money to invest in real estate mm. and, and, and corporate, corporate bonds and assets and stuff. Those are not the people who are hardest hit. The people who are hardest hit are people who are living from hand to mouth. Mm. And those are the people who've never had the opportunity to actually save their money I mean, who in their right mind would save money <laughs> if you're sitting with 24% inflation over five years? It just mm. doesn't make sense to save. Um, yeah. You know, you, you're better off buying a chicken and throwing it in the deep freeze than saving your cash, cash in the bank. That's a scary <laughs> you know? thought. Wow. But yeah, I think the, the hectic thing about inflation and, and what you're saying is that like that, that good old saying, it happens slowly and then all of a sudden, right? It's like this inflation slowly in a loaf of bread is six rand and then it's 620 and then it's 660 and then seven rand and then it's eight rand and yeah. then it's 10 rand and the next minute she's paying 15 rand for a loaf of bread. And you didn't really yeah. see that that transition happen, but it literally happened suddenly, but then very quickly. And, 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 and that's yeah. the biggest problem is that these people that are living hand to mouth that are doing it, they, they're not really seeing the impact, but the next minute there's no, there's no money left at the end of every month. So yeah, I totally yeah. It's hectic, um, yeah, and and I don't think that 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 the inflation story is really understood. That it's not it's not no. something that's getting more expensive. It's actually your money that's losing its value. Exactly, exactly. I was having that conversation with um, with one of our coaches this morning, and it's quite it's quite it's quite an adjustment to make because the if 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 one hasn't spent a lot of time thinking about money the general understanding is that things are becoming more expensive, but, but they're not. Um, if my unit of account is Bitcoin, things are becoming cheaper, man. Mm. Um, so <laughs> the, thing, the thing is what it is. What yeah. is becoming, what, what is happening is that your money is actually losing value. It's not that, it's not that Mrs. Bull's chutney is becoming more expensive every year. Mm, exactly. Um, I've, got a, I've got an advert from... I've got a newspaper advert from from the burger from 1984 where a, a bottle of Mrs. Bulls, a bottle of Mrs. Bulls chutney was 59 cents. No, that's that's an average of 11.3 percent inflation per year since 1984. Wow, 11, you see now that 11. puts it in perspective. That puts it in perspective, and the ingredients list looks exactly the same. Mrs. Bulls chutney hasn't changed their recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I ate it as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's such a great um, example. In all honesty, um, I want to start wrapping up. But I just what I'm just also curious about in terms of you know what you're doing. Um, are you looking at kind of coaching or teaching about Ethereum or any of the other kind of altcoins or other solutions out there? Um, not really. No. I mean, look. I think I think getting your head around one of them is hard enough. Um, if you're coming from a place where where education is, is 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 pretty much non-existent, so understanding what Bitcoin is at a very very basic level is 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 hard enough. And mm. 
And so we've been focused on, on Bitcoin only, particularly because of the Lightning Network. Um, the Lightning Network makes payments much, much faster and much cheaper than what you can accomplish with any of the other cryptocurrencies anyway. Mm, um, the okay. fastest and cheapest payments available in the crypto space is on the Lightning Network. Um, so we've been focused on Bitcoin only. And also from another perspective, look, I mean, I've got nothing against the existence of, of, of other uh, blockchains and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, from a simple perspective of, of it being a, a form of money and a form of savings, you want to go for the one that's, that's, that's got the most certainty um, and the longest track record behind it. And so I kind of, I don't, I wouldn't want to encourage somebody who's only got a hundred rand to save per month to save it in the second most secure crypto <laughs> asset. I'd rather mm. encourage them to save it in the most secure one. Mm. Um, and Ethereum is, yeah, it, Ethereum is 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 very interesting, but highly experimental. Um, so that would be something interesting to to talk with them about. But in terms of money, yeah, one has to be very careful. Um, mm. It's one thing for for somebody to play around with this stuff. And if they lose some money, it's no big deal. But it's an entirely different animal when you're talking about the only hundred rand that you have to save for yeah. the month. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, sort of stability and security, I think, is priority number one at this stage. Hundred mm, percent. Okay, cool, uh, Arman. It's been awesome chatting to you. Um, nice to dive into this topic in detail. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> but but where can yeah? Can you just kind of give people um where they can find you and find and follow your story and what you're trying to achieve with your surf school and obviously your travel stuff and as well as this Bitcoin Ikasi. Um, we've got a we've got a website for the for the underlying NPO, um, mm -hmm. which is the surferkids.com. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we've we've got all the detail on how the program works on that website. And then the Bitcoin Bitcoin Ekasi project so far we've only got the Twitter handle which is where we've been posting updates um, mm. if it goes really well I might end up building a separate website for that we'll see about it mm -hmm. but uh, yeah if, if you're particularly interested in getting Bitcoin into the townships then Bitcoin Ekasi um, on on Twitter um, okay. would be the place to go and check Fantastic. Cool. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Herman, let's let's see how it goes and maybe we can have you on again and, and see how things have progressed and, and any any updates on how things are going. But thank yeah, you for joining. Would, yeah, it's it's been interesting. I would love that. Thanks a lot. Cool, man. Well, all the best. <laughs> awesome. And I, I'll cool man. We'll chat soon. Take care.